Welcome to Hall of Stubs, the podcast that covers MLB greats not in the Hall of Fame. Here's your host, Zachary Nikolai. Joining Hall of Snubs today is an amazing writer from OutKick and the host of Laker Nation himself. Here he is, Gary Sheffield Jr. Gary, thanks for joining the show today, man. I really appreciate it. Dude, thanks for having me. Um, I know we've we've gone back and forth a little bit on Twitter, so um, I'm definitely excited to be here. Let's do this. Before we go any further, I do want to address something, though. Someone may have heard your name who's listening and gone, is he related to? Yes, you are the son of the great Gary Sheffield. I just want to ask you, for me, my mom, she's an educator. So growing up, you know, I met a lot of principals, teachers, and that's kind of what I know. For you, did you meet just a bunch of baseball players around the house and out the dugout? Yeah, I mean, especially when I was young, I was always really interested in the other players and, and just seeing, you know, because you, you, they don't feel like real people. And that's that's how I felt before my dad went to New York. I felt like Derek Cheater was this mythical figure. I'm sure a lot of other people felt the same way about him and Ken Griffey Jr., but as I started to get into the locker rooms and, and meet these people and, and understand them on a first name basis, you start to see how cool these guys really are. And it honestly made me enjoy them even more than I ever thought I would. So it was the entire thing was a great experience for me. And, and now that my dad's retired and I can still be friends with some of these guys he used to play for and that are now retired, it's awesome. Your dad played with great guys. I mean, Derek Jeter, A-Rod, Jason Giambi, Mark there's just names that come out of my head like crazy. So yeah. you got to see like best of the best, like you saw all time professionals. Can you elaborate a little bit? I think it's great from an outside perspective for you, what it takes to be a professional in the MLB. Well, it's the same as really being the best at anything you do. And I'm seeing a bit of that trying to get into in podcasting and trying to get into, I mean, you see at the top of tw- the Twitter game, it's much of the same thing. You have to outwork everybody else. And some people have natural talent, which is great and everything. And you saw a lot, obviously a lot of my dad's natural talent, but you also have to have the dedication to be better than everybody else at what you're doing. And sometimes it takes more time than you would like, but um, no matter what, the example my dad set in terms of being a professional athlete, it's going to carry with me no matter what I do. So I ask you this because a lot of the people that I discussed Hall of Fame and sports with, they stopped playing competitive baseball when they were like 13, 14. Some tried out for high school sports and they either just didn't make it or they didn't like yeah. it. And so right. people who complain about what's going on in professionals, they have no idea what's going on. You know, I think you are the perfect blend of media. And I want to say media because unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, they are the ones who vote on the Hall of Fame. So for you, it's you played in college, Arizona Christian, correct? Correct. So you played at a pretty competitive level, didn't go to the majors, but still competitive level. You see what it takes to be a professional. I mean, if it were up to me, I would have a bunch of you voting for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you would like to see guys who are already in the Hall of Fame having a big say in who's going to be put into the Hall of Fame. You would think that that would be at least somewhat of the criteria. It doesn't have to be maybe all the Hall of Famers, but they should have some say, but players have no say. They literally, it's a bunch of people who are, are watching from the outside, looking in who haven't, I mean, myself included, I haven't, and most of us who are watching and listening tonight, they, you know, you didn't play major league baseball. So we don't understand exactly what it takes to become a major league baseball player, what it is to be a great player, what it's like to play excellent baseball in a big market like New York. Now, some of those Hall of Famers, a lot of them played in these markets, so they understand the context of these players' careers 
And they're probably most qualified to vote for the Hall of Fame. And yet we don't use that at all for our criteria. It's really disappointing. Now, I mentioned all this about professionalism and everything, because to me, I think baseball is more mental than physical than any other sport. I think yeah. there's so much work that goes into it that people just do not understand. And so steroids are a very taboo word in sports. And so mm -hmm. when you think about it, you say steroids, all of a sudden, my buddy at a bar, he's like, oh, I don't want to hear it. That steroid era. No, they are not a part of baseball history. And people right. get frustrated with it. Can you tell me, in your opinion, how much help do PEDs and steroids actually help you as a baseball player? Well, recovery-wise, a ton. And that's part of what made it such a great era of baseball is if you showed up to the ballpark, there was a guarantee you were going to see most of your favorite athletes playing. Now, you never know who was taking what. You never have a clue. It, a lot of all of it mostly is speculation. Well, if a guy is taking steroids, chances are that his body is recovering at a rate that is, un, I mean, you just don't see it today. I mean, you see Aaron Judge, you see Giancarlo Stanton, you see these guys with, with physiques that rival anybody in the steroid era, yet they're clearly not using. And you see that the injuries become such an issue and guys can't play. And they're out like a third of the season. Out, and and that's, that's bare minimum. And it goes to show you how difficult it is, this 162-game season, how hard that is on your body, especially when you're playing at the level that Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stan and Mike Trout, these, this level that these guys are playing, it's very difficult to maintain your body. And they'll tell you the same thing. Sometimes you do need a little bit of a kicker to get your body right on a Tuesday and a Wednesday when this game's not televised. How do you get your body ready for these games? And you've seen players way in the past taking greenies to get ready. And then you saw players in the steroid era taking steroids. So it's obviously difficult. I know we both agree that at least somewhat of a, um, a usage of steroids should be available to these players because I don't want guys to just everyone's all of a sudden blowing up like balloons and saying, well, this is all fine because it's not. But you also at the same time have to understand that these guys are putting their bodies at it tremendous, I mean, in tremendous jeopardy to be out there all, all day. And then they show up the very next day when you're, you go to work and you went to the game on Friday. Well, they're playing on Saturday. So um, I, I would love to see at least some level of steroid in the game. And like you said, it's the work that you put into it. And so steroids to me, it doesn't help you make contact with that ball. I think the hardest no. thing to do is hit a round ball with a round bat. It's, if you look at physics, it should be impossible, but people somehow do it and get paid millions to right. do it. So that dedication to the game is who we're going to be talking about today. He should be known for. Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle, whatever you want to call him, the all-time hit king, he put so much into the game of baseball. And it's sad the legacy that he's remembered for. Can you yeah. tell me what you remember and think of when you hear Pete Rose, the baseball player? When I think of Pete Rose, I think of him as a bridge to the new community of athletes and an example of how to play. So what I mean by that is that most of my generation, their parents taught them, son, if you're going to play this game, I want you to play the game like him. Now, the idea that our parents were talking about that and some of our grandparents were talking about Pete Rose, the fact that that's the case and that he of all players is being shunned from major league baseball. It goes to show that baseball doesn't prioritize the hardworking, the guys who are, are, are really just doing the most to encourage the growth of the game of baseball because Pete Rose was doing that, but they're trying to make an example of a guy they're really the wrong guy. 
there, there's plenty of guys in Major League Baseball that I can think of that obviously won't name that you can go make an example of rather than Pete Rose. So it's it's obviously really sad that somebody who should be responsible for the growth of this game is being really blackmailed. It's really heartbreaking to me. And Pete Rose, I appreciate that later on in his life, I don't know if you ever saw the Skechers commercial where he's rocking the shoes in the hall and then his wife or yes. someone comes out and goes, Pete, you mm-hmm. can't be here. And he goes, even in my own home, like at least he's having fun yeah. with it now. But it was tough for him going on. And so for those of you listening who don't really know, one of, if not the best switch hitter of all time, uh, has the most hits of all time, 4,256, most games played, most at-bats. He's the only player in baseball to play over 500 games at five different positions. It's 17-time All-Star. You can go on and on. And when you look at the numbers and the stats, everything that he's done, it's just... A shame he's not in. And so you look yeah. at what happened. He was one of, correct me, was he the first player manager to ever do this? I, I can't remember, but I mean, I mean, really, he's the first of, to do a lot of things. That's the thing is he's always, he's the hardest worker on the field. I mean, he was not only the best player, but he was working harder than everybody. You don't see that very often. You see it with LeBron in another sport, but how often are you seeing, oh, the guy, he's the first one there. He's the last one to leave. He's also the guy sliding headfirst in the third base. He's sliding headfirst in the home. He's playing longer, 25, 26 seasons. Doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be done with the game of baseball. That's how much he loves it. And that's the guy that's, that's really going to be left out of the Hall of Fame because of, of, of gambling. Like, come on. You mentioned sliding headfirst. He actually was the first to do that. He has a quote about how, yeah, I look ugly, but if you were sliding head first every time you would too, he just had fun with the game. And so you mentioned gambling and I've heard so many people, I enjoy a friendly wager, you know, Super Bowl happened a little while ago, different things happen. I enjoy, you know, Oh, Gary, I bet you 10 bucks, Tom Brady, you know, wins Super Bowl MVP. You know, I enjoy that. I think that it's okay to gamble if, you have the means to do so. So let me ask you, what are your thoughts on gambling just as a normal human being? Well, I mean, to me, gambling is a blast. And obviously most of America can agree we're usually involved in some type of gambling. And when you saw it and when it involves Pete Rose, I don't exactly know the details of whether or not he was gambling on his own team to win or to lose. I mean, obviously if you're gambling on your own team to lose games, it's a really bad look. I don't know how I feel exactly about it, him getting in the Hall of Fame. If he is voting and, and putting money towards losing games, that's probably a little taboo to me. But if it's going to be gambling money and gambling in general being an issue for you to get into the Hall of Fame, I think that's ridiculous. And I think it's trivial. So he talks about because people are so quick to spend other people's money and they're so quick right. to judge the character of people that they do not know. It absolutely blows my mind. And so there's an interview a long time ago where they're asking Pete Rose and they say, you know, people say you didn't suffer enough. You didn't give enough. What do you say to that? And he goes, well, he goes, I left the game that I love and I gave so much to. He goes, and I've lost over a hundred million dollars to it because at the time he believed he would be a manager still for 20, 30 years, getting paid three to Mm -hmm. $4 million. You do quick math. That's a lot of money. So he left something that he loved. And if you saw the way he played, there are a few guys where you watch highlights and you see them as a player. He's one of them. You saw the joy, the love, 
And then the money yeah. aspect, I mean, he heard enough. And so you talk about, you don't know how you feel about if he gambled on another team. The story goes in the way he admitted to it. So little history for those listening that don't really know. He was accused of it as a manager. He said, no, that's preposterous. Nine days later, you know, they found evidence. There were four guys that said, yeah, you know, we took the bets for him and we did this. They were sort of his bookies and whatnot. And so then later on, the then commissioner at the time, uh, Bartlett Giamatti, he came out and he said, no, you gambled. That is the worst thing ever. You are banned from baseball for life. Can't be around baseball anymore. Can't be in the Hall of Fame. Just absolutely crushed it. He has then gone on to try to be reinstated multiple times. Uh, most recently, Rob Manfred uh, said no, no chance. He actually came out and said, the attorney for baseball came out and said, ongoing punishment for an act that never impacted a single player game outcome is no longer justifiable as a proportional response to his transgression. So basically saying, we know he betted on his own team to win. There, there's nothing wrong with betting on your own team. We don't care. You gambled. We think that is worse than injecting your body with any drug. We think that is worse than beating anybody. We think that's worse than any lawsuit. You gambling on the game of baseball is awful. I can't understand that. I really don't. And the, the really sad part is they're talking about, has he been punished enough? But reality is that they're being punished by punishing him. They're all like, obviously, and what I mean by that is that we don't love the game quite as much because the Hall of Fame does not signify what we want it to. The fans are not satisfied with what the Hall of Fame's become. The Hall of Fame thinks that, well, they created this club and now um, we're going to create it and, and run it the way we see fit. And that's the best way for it. Well, isn't the point of the Hall of Fame to grow the game of baseball, to grow the recognition, uh, recognition of the game of baseball? If I'm a grown adult and I have kids, shouldn't I want to bring my kids to the Hall of Fame and say, these are the players that I want you to remember? Chances are that now, the way it's headed, I'm going to be having to tell my kids about Pete Rose rather than the Hall of Fame saying that story for them and for me. So it's obviously really sad that they're asking and trying to consider whether or not he's been punished enough. But reality is that we are being punished as fans. We are being robbed of seeing history and, and actually being able to celebrate one of the best players to ever play. Baseball, the one thing I will give baseball is I think their Hall of Fame is actually super restrictive. And you it can is. argue for football, hey, there are some guys in there. I mean, even right now, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, should they be in? Right. That, this isn't the time or place to argue about it, but there's a lot of people divided by that. Baseball Hall of Fame, I think there's more people that deserve to be in it than they're letting in. It, absolutely. It's a, that's exactly what it is. And player wise, I love the way it's going in terms of baseball players, because it's so it's, they're so nitpicky is this guy was a great player, but is he a hall of famer? There's a new standard, right? It's like, were you the best of the best? Not just, were you a great player? Because there's a lot of great players in baseball history. It's a long history. I mean, there's been almost 20,000 players. So you're going to have a lot of great players, but in the NBA, they have some really, really good players making in the Hall of Fame because they played for a long time. You're not doing that in baseball. In baseball, you were one of the two to three best players in the game for a long stretch. I mean, people actually were having a debate on Twitter this week of saying, is Miguel Cabrera a Hall of Famer? Now, obviously, we know that he is, but it's like the fact that that conversation is even available to you tells you how hard it is to make it in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, he, Miggy, he's multiple MVP 
triple crown yeah. winner. He's phenomenal. And that's one of those instances where it's, these are great guys that they are actually thinking about holding out. So right. it's incredible to think of. Pete Rose, though, should not be held out. I want to ask you, so he only bet on his team. If everything about that is true, he only bet on his team to win. You know, he got caught gambling. You and I, I think, could agree that, no, that's not the worst thing you can do in a sport. If it's true about the cork bat, does that alter your thought about him getting into the Hall of Fame? Um, probably not. And the and the reason I say that, and, and really cheating in general, and, and, and I, when I say cheating, I mean not using electronic devices and understanding and literally taking away the strategic balance of the game. Sign stealing. You can just say Astros. It's okay. Yeah, we can just say, yeah, we can just say the Astros. It's like, we don't know the extent of what each player was doing. Now the idea that, oh, well, my favorite player, they weren't doing anything. Well, we were just watching D Gordon for the past five to 10 years. I mean, however, I think he was there for five or six years in LA. And then he showed up to the Marlins. He was still a great player. No one had a clue he was taking anything. We were completely blown away by that news. I didn't, I had no idea. Obviously, most people had no clue. Now, everyone just assumes their favorite player who was never caught taking steroids, oh, they were just never taking any competitive advantage. Chances are that they were doing at least something in the game of baseball to take an advantage. You don't know what that is, but the idea that you're going to keep players out of the Hall of Fame because they have a squeaky clean record, well, what if they just really just slip through the cracks? How do you know that they're not slipping through the cracks? I mean, really, what kind of faith do you have that your favorite player wasn't slipping through? Chances are that they were doing something. So if a player gets caught doing one or two things, who knows what those things are, whether it's Sammy Sosa and the cork bat and breaking his bat, all that stuff. Most players were doing that stuff. Maybe it wasn't corking their bat. They were doing other things. And most of it wasn't discussed or, and a lot of fans are completely unaware of things that were done. And usually you just look at the results and just who was the best player on the field and you just deal with it that way. The steroid era deserves to be remembered. And it, it was honestly the best era of baseball, which is, it's funny that they're trying to figure out ways to not remember the best era of baseball, the most watched era of baseball and the most um, reenacted game of baseball in terms of wiffle ball and all types of stuff with the kids. So um, I'm obviously a, a huge um, supporter of that era, Pete Rose, all those guys making it into the Hall of Fame, and I hope they do. I don't know any other way to follow that up. That is all 100% true by me. If anyone has an issue with that, come back next week and uh, you'll see how that goes. Final thought, what I like to do with people, Gary, is I want to put you in the writer's shoes, the BBWAA who votes. So I want you to be a writer for a second and okay. tell me what you would do with Pete Rose. And then after mm -hmm. that, I want you to tell me realistically in the climate we're in, everything going on, what you think realistically will happen with Pete Rose? If I had to take a guess what I think is going to happen with Pete Rose, I would assume that he is not going to make it into the Hall of Fame. And it's very sad. It's horrible. And I remember when I saw, and, and this upset some people, when Hank Aaron passed away, I remember th the first thing that came to my mind, for whatever reason that there would be, was Pete Rose. And the reason I said that was because Hank Aaron was remembered for everything he did. He played in the Negro Leagues. He dominated there. He wasn't allowed to play in the big leagues. Then he ended up going into the major leagues and getting the recognition. And ultimately, he was remembered exactly how you would like him to be. 
But what's really sad is that Pete Rose is probably going to make it into the Baseball Hall of Fame after he's passed away. And to me, that's not right. And when I saw Hank Aaron pass away, my last feeling was that he got to get his flowers while he was still here. His entire family got to witness what it was he accomplished. His fans got to witness what he accomplished. They all got to enjoy him. Hank, Pete Rose didn't get, he's not going to probably get that opportunity. And that's just, to me, that's just a colossal failure by the Hall of Fame. And I hope that I'm wrong. I really do. So um, obviously, you know, I don't know what it is that we can do to change that fact, but media pressure is going to have to really get on the Hall of Fame. And I know plenty of people are doing it. It would be the biggest injustice if Pete Rose does not make it while he's alive. Rob Manfred, if you are listening, I have 4,256 reasons why Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Do what's right sooner rather than later. Gary Sheffield Jr., thank you so much for joining us. You are welcome back anytime if you ever want to. Dude, thank you so much for having me, dude. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it, Gary. Join Hollis Snubs next week as we discuss a man known as Rocket, and I'm not talking about the raccoon. I'm Zachary Nikolai. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Hall of Snubs. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Hall of Snubs. You can follow the host on Instagram at Zachary underscore Nikolai. Thank you to Mike Lapones for his oversight of this production. Hall of Snubs is a University of Laverne senior project.